Hello everybody and welcome back to it. You are tuned in to the Abide podcast with your girl, the one and only Pastor Mish in the streets. I really I need to stop saying that at this point because what do you actually mean? But anyway, I'm so excited to welcome you back to the Abide podcast with myself in the new year, guys. We are in 2022 finally. Listen, I know it's a bit late considering the date is like, what, the 14th that I'm recording this. But we praise the Lord, man, that, you know, we we see another year. Things have happened. COVID came at us sideways. And if we are still here, we're still breathing, we're still living. If that isn't a testament to how much God has, you know, a plan for your life, how much he has. a, a Listen. There's an assignment on your life. And if you're not taking it seriously after COVID, after the pandemic, after how many people have passed on and you are still standing, you know what? I ain't even going to get into it. I'm welcoming you back to the Abide Podcast and I, I hope that you enjoy this episode. Do bear in mind, this is a sermon that I preached at church last week, Sunday on the 9th of um, January. I hope it edifies you. I hope that you take something from it and that you run with it and move with it into this new year. I love you all. Enjoy. Through the past two years, God has been so faithful. God has shown himself mighty to each and every one of us, I'd like to believe. Um, He has proven himself countless of times, you know, and, and today the word that, you know, he brought or he gave me, Sicheli, as a family, Epai. And we were just having family conversation and Umama brings up, uh, it's John 20. We're going to be reading from the book of John uh, chapter 20. And I'm going to be sticking on verse 22, but I will be looking from 19 to 22. And as we were having a discourse about this word, just verse 22 stuck out to me. And the specific word that popped out to me was as Jesus says to the disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. Right, he, he, he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. And sitting in that hotel room, as we're having a conversation, God just said to me, we need to receive a new measure. We need to be open to receiving a new grace as we enter into this year. Because the former grace and the former glory is not going to work in this season. So if you're still moving, and it's funny that I came and he mentioned you, Gideon, and all of those things, and the least... It's great and all to be the least and God will use the least, but we need to be in a position to be used even as the least. You can't hide behind the fact that we are the least and we are the smallest. Just because we are in a back corner hall in Gudu doesn't mean you can't be excellent. So we need to move from that mind. You know, anyway, we're two. This is about five. We can't move like that. But that's not the word I'm giving today. I just, I don't know. I just had to segue there. But we are going to be reading from the book of John chapter 20. Um, and I'm going to read verse 19 to 22 as we begin the year. I really hope and pray that the Lord encourages you, exhorts you, but encourages you in, with this word so that we can move with a greater power. John 20 verse 19. You may rise. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there amongst them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. 21. And again he said to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. 
Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You may have your seat. This word just excited me because I was, I was <laughs> wrestling. Now no, I'm joking. I wasn't wrestling. I was sitting calmly in my position of power, waiting for God to download his daba upon me last night. And it only came around 10. Okay, person 7, 8. And it only came at 10, just worshiping and waiting and waiting and reading over and over this scripture. And what God showed me in that portion, verse 19 to 22, that this happens right after Jesus was crucified. We know that most John 20, this is after Jesus was crucified. The whole shebang was happening. Jesus dies on the cross. Amaz was the whole situation. And prior to this moment, Mary Magdalene was going to the, to the tomb of Jesus to try and go do the, you know, the embalming and trying to do the things for God just to go there. And she finds that he's no longer in the tomb and he reveals himself to her. And then he tells her, go to the other disciples and tell them that I have resurrected. Right? So this is the context of where we are. So when, this, when this, um, verse, these verses begin, the believers were all assembled in one place. Yeah. They were all locked in. They were all behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders and the possible persecution that would come unto them. Right? They were assembled after having witnessed this traumatic event of Jesus being crucified and killed. They were in fear of the Jews who could at any point turn their wrath from Jesus now onto them, right? Now, we hear that Umeri comes and he tells, she, she tells him as per Jesus' instruction that I've resurrected and I'm no longer in the tomb. So we can imagine in that place of fear, in that place of anxiety, in that place of uncertainty, they were confused. What do you mean, but he just died? Yes, we knew he said he was going to resurrect, but what do you mean already? Hey, you know, all of those kinds of things. And as I was sitting in that, Jesus said to me, isn't it kind of familiar? And I said, what do you mean? And he says, for the past two years, you guys were all locked behind closed doors in fear and anxiety with uncertainty, confused as to what is going to happen next, right? But in this moment, the past two years, like I said, that moment when the president said, even though COVID is not gone, we know it's not gone, but we are in a space now where we are, we are existing with it. Yeah. We are no longer, I think, in fear of it. From what I've seen this December, I don't think we're in fear of it. We're living in spite of it, right? And, and, and this past two years of isolation, anxiety riddled people. Fear riddled people. Depression riddled people. And many have since locked themselves in their homes out of fear and have not come out to be in the assembly. Right? Today's word is, is, is coming around that. That in this portion of scripture, though they were locked in their fear, Jesus appeared in the midst of them. He came, it says there that suddenly... He appeared in their midst. That even though the circumstance that put them in the lockdown, that put them in the quarantine and the isolation, they were in the right place to receive him. They were positioned to receive his presence. And in that place where he showed up, he breathed on them. It is only in that place that he will breathe and in his breath, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
And when he says receive the Holy Spirit, he reveals to me that you need to receive an upgraded version now. There is a salvation grace. There is a salvation reception of the Holy Spirit. Remember when you receive him and you're saved, you get a measure of the Holy Spirit. But there's a new thing happening. He's doing a new thing. And in this new thing, you need to receive a fresh you can't move with the old reception. You see, that reception was passive. It was a gift. It was given. This reception requires you to move for it. This reception requires you to be positioned for it. It's not going to find you. It's not going to come to you. You need to be in a position to receive this new breath that he's about to breathe. There's a, he, listen. <laughs> I am so excited for what God, because personally, I think for the past, the last three months of 2021, it was a reconfiguration of my mind, of my positioning, what I thought about my future, being aligned so that as I step into this year, I'm not now only receiving, I'm telling you now that you need to receive. Me, I received and I'm moving in that capacity. So today, what I want to share with you is how do we receive this upgrade? How do we receive this upgrade? So I'm going to break it down. To receive first is a transitive verb, which means to come into possession of something. Ne? To come into possession of something. To acquire something. When I acquire something, I, I know what it is I want to acquire, and I do whatever I need to do necessary to acquire it. Right? Similarly, what I mean that this reception of the breath of God and this Holy Spirit and this greater grace you need to be active. You need to be proactive to receive this new grace. Now the upgrade, to upgrade means to raise something to a higher standard. Y'all didn't hear that. To be upgraded means to be raised up into a higher standard. To particularly improve something by adding or removing certain components. God wants to raise us up into a higher standard, Bazalwane. But you are not positioned to be upgraded. You say you want the upgrade. You're going to agree. You're going to say amen. But when push comes to shove and God is removing and replacing the things that will put you in a higher standard, you step back. To be upgraded, there's a requirement from you. It's, God doesn't force this upgrade on us. I, I was listening to a podcast, just self-development, and this person was giving ideas on biz, business ideas, and they were just sharing, sharing, sharing. And then the person interviewing him says, are you not scared that people are going to steal these ideas? He says, no, because 90% of these people are not going to do anything with what I've just told them. And that is the truth even in the church. Sunday after Sunday, Umfundisi stands here and teaches and teaches and sweats and sweats, but 90% of you don't move. The upgrade is offered. It's like on your phone. Your phone will tell you a new upgrade is available. When you're connected to Wi-Fi, just press install, but you will leave it. You will sit here day in, day out, Sunday, Tuesday, Friday, this year, Thursdays, but no upgrade is taking place because you don't desire a higher standard. You don't desire a higher standard. Your desire is deeper than just saying I desire it. Your desire is shown by the fruits. What do you do to show God that you desire a higher standard? 
the Holy Spirit made it abundantly clear to me this year that we cannot walk into this year with an old grace, with a limited grace, a grace that was sufficient for lockdown, a grace that was sufficient for online Zoom meetings. It was enough for then. But we need to move out of that now. The thing that was, that was just, you know when God puts you in a space for a season and you get comfortable and you build your house? That's what a lot of believers have done. You've, you've built your house of brick and mortar and cement on a season. Forgetting that he said, place a tent. This was not permanent. The fear of lockdown and the anxiety of isolation and COVID is not permanent. But people have stayed home for the past two years. No, I'm scared. But now it's no longer fear, it's convenience, it's comfort. Your fear has transitioned into comfort. We can't move into this year with the limited grace that was functional for that season. And the sooner that we come to that understanding that that is, it's over. There's a new requirement and a new requirement comes with a new grace. But if you're not positioning yourself to move in that, it's going to pass you by. He made it abundantly clear that we need to upgrade ourselves or position ourselves to be upgraded this year. There must be a takeoff. If, if COVID-19 pandemic 2020, 2021 was anything, it was preparation. It was, it was being in the, in the, you know, with Gideon, he was, in the, he was under, in the, in the threshing floor. And it, he was doing the wine, but in the, in the, where the grain was supposed to be done. He was doing the right thing, but in the wrong place. And God says, come out of that. He was there because of fear of the Midianites. But God said, that season is over. You might be scared, but I need you to move. It's, we're done being hidden. And if you're still hidden, yeah, don't expect the upgrade. Because you don't need the upgrade in the hidden place. You don't need the upgrade when you're not operating in the newness. You can operate with the old grace in the old season. That's fine. But don't be surprised when the rest of us are moving. We need to desire to come into possession. We need to desire to acquire the things of God. And to acquire anything you need to work. There's work involved. We're not striving. Don't get me wrong. We're not striving. We're not toiling. But we're working in the Lord. We're not doing it in our own strength, in our own might, but we're doing it in the Lord. He's not going to do it for us. If there's anything I've learned, is that God will give you the idea. He says, I give seed to the sower, but I'm not going to sow the seed for the sower. He's not going to do the work for you. Proverbs 25 verse 2 tells us, God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. But the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of the things of God. The glory of kings is revealed in how we thoroughly seek out the deeper meaning of the things of God. What this scripture tells me is that there is a basic understanding that we all can understand in reading the word of God, in reading the revealed word of God. But it is only a select few, the kings, who will go deeper and this year, that is how we're going to see your upgrade. Are you seeking the deeper things of God or are you complacent and content with the basic? That's how we're going to see it. He says, how will you know them? By their fruits. And your fruits are an external manifestation of what's been taking place internally. 
That's all it is. Right? So it is our duty, if you believe, I think it's Revelations 5 or 1, where he says that God has made us, Christ has made us king priests. And Uteta spoke about this. Kings first, and then priests. You'd think that it is the glory of a priest to search the matter. No. It's the glory of the king to search out the matter. So we need to understand that and we need to step into that kingship that desires to understand the deep things of God. That is being upgraded. Apostle Paul says you need to let go of the the primary and the, the small, menial, initial, elementary things. Desire and upgrade. When he says you need to move from milk to solid to meat, that's an upgrade. You're being upgraded from easy things that slide down your throat without any effort being needed to eating meat, which needs preparation, which needs seasoning, which needs to be chewed and digested. That's work. We need to work to receive this upgrade as we position ourselves. Remember, we're not upgrading ourselves. My iPhone doesn't require me to go there and code and code to upgrade it. The upgrade is set by the iOS and the Apple people already. All I have to do is press install. What are you doing to position yourself for God to install his new things, his deeper meanings in your life? Are you content? You're content clearly with what was happening there in COVID. Me, I've moved from COVID. I'm aware of it, but I'm not governed by it. It's there. It's the same thing with Gideon. God said, move. The Midianites were not removed when he told them to come out of that place. He, the Midianites were not gone when God told him to go out and do all of those things. They were there, but he had to move in spite of them. And a lot of believers now are, are not moving because this thing is there, but it has no power, but you're still looking at it as if there's power. When God has said now, it's time to move. As we position us, ourselves, he will upgrade. He will raise us up to a higher standard and he will improve us by replacing certain components in us so that we can function in and manifest dominion this year and going forward. This upgrade is also going to require a pruning to take place because in that comfort zone, there are things you got used to. There are things you enjoyed. There are things you you preferred. But now that you're coming out of that, God needs to remove them. And it's not going to be nice. But you need to be open to the pruning to take place. Because remember, he prunes those which bear fruit anyway. So again, if you're not being pruned, that means you need to introspect yourself. If nothing's changing, you need to inquire of yourself, what is going on? What am I not doing? We need to be moving. I I don't know with the church, are we not desiring a growth? Even in our local house, like, are people not desiring a growth? Because I, we're not seeing it. John, is it John 1, 6? He says, for from Christ's fullness, we have received grace upon grace. So it's a past tense. The grace upon grace has been received. So why are we not moving? Why are we not growing? Why have we not become proficient in things we've been doing for years? We need to introspect, Bazalwane. We need to figure out what is the issue. But now I'm going to share about three keys, things that we need 
as we position ourselves to receive this upgrade. The first thing we're going to find, Pagu John 20 verse 19, is assembling. I've spoken on it. Assembling. It says that Sunday, isn't it funny that it says that Sunday? That Sunday, the beginning of the new week, that day of rest, they were assembled, albeit in fear, albeit out of anxiety. They didn't run to their own corners. No, think about it. With everything that was happening, it only makes logical human sense that if Jesus is crucified and I'm known to be a follower of Jesus, I need to distance myself from the rest of these people so that I'm not killed. But it says that that Sunday evening in verse 19, the disciples as a collective were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid. They didn't count their fear to be something that excludes them and isolates them from one another. They knew that the suddenly occurs in the meeting. (laughs) With persecution waiting for them, possibly. In fear, with anxiety, with beginning, even beginning of COVID, we had no clue what was going on. But people were so quick to be like, no, 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 no. When it came to the church, and we understand, no, we understand, we understand. But people were so quick to be like, nah, I'm not coming. Not church. But then the malls opened up and people went to the mall. But you're not coming back to church. Okay. (laughs) December comes, there's still services. You're gallivanting everywhere else, but you're not coming to the gathering. You're not found in the same place as the saints. Because now you're comfortable with online services. You're comfortable now because it comes to you. There's no effort that you need to put in place. There's no work that you have to do to receive this God. But these disciples didn't run. They didn't disband. Instead, they ran to a one meeting place. They came together and assembled because it is in this place where they assembled that Jesus suddenly appeared. Listen, Jesus, in his fullness, he appears in the gathering of the saints. You will receive your measure in your private quiet time. We're not, we're not saying you're not going to receive your measure of God when you study the Bible for yourself. But there is a greater measure. There is a fullness of God. that is res- Because remember he says that foxes have holes, birds have nests, but I have no place to lay my head. But he lays his head on his body, not on your room where you are alone. When we gather this Sunday... In fear, because COVID is not finished, but we're doing what we need to do to stay safe. But we gather regardless because we know that suddenly he will appear. Suddenly Jesus was standing amongst them. It's, it's, it's funny that I mentioned it also that towards November, there was a fatigue that just covered the church. <laughs> we, were all, we were all just like, Mm-mm. you know, No, we were tired. But God convicted me of that thing to say that, why are you tired when I say that I am your rest? How are you tired when you're coming to me? Something, it's incongruent. It's not coming together. So either you're coming here with the wrong motives, your heart is not in the right place, hence you're fatigued. You're fatigued because you're you're not coming to me in me. You're coming out of obligation. You're not coming because you love and you desire to be with me. Hence you're tired There's no way you can do a thing of God And be tired It contradicts his word He says come to me 
you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. My yoke is not heavy. It's not burdensome. So why are we burdened then? So why are we burdened? That means we need to fix the environment that we're coming to. Because it's not God who burdens us. It's the environment that we're coming to. It's the people that we're serving with. Something needs to give. We can't come to church being annoyed. You're like, mm. I need to prep talk myself to come into the house of God. What's that? When King David says, come with gladness. Sing songs of joy as you enter into his... We can't do that because we're thinking, yo, this, that, this. We're not coming to celebrate. So clearly the issue is not God. The issue is us. So when we come into the assembly, because in the assembly is where he brings his fullness. He says how good it is when, when the saints are dwelling together in, in unity. It is like the oil of air that flows down and to his robe. And then he says it's like the, it's like the dew of Hermon that lands on the Mount Zion. And that is where God has commanded his blessing and life everlasting. The blessing is not commanded when you're alone in your house. No, 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 there is a blessing. But the blessing of life evermore, the blessing of life in abundance, that is, that is, that is, that is given here. But if you're not here, you're missing out on a greater measure. So if you're not here because you're annoyed and you're tired, listen, me, I come and I'm annoyed. But in the midst of it, God will fix my heart. When I'm in my car and I'm annoyed because things are not happening here, I'm like, you know what, God, it's your church. It's not my church. Do you? And as a, as a corporate body as a whole, we may not like certain things that happen in the local house or how things are done, but we understand that it is where he suddenly appears. Position yourself. Position yourself for the upgrade because the upgrade only takes place where Jesus is. And Jesus says, my fullness is given in the assembly. The assembly is not your house. The assembly is not your bedroom. Move out of that. We cannot allow circumstance. We cannot allow people. We cannot allow offenses. We cannot allow unforgiveness to, 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 to move us from being in the assembly. Because I don't come to the assembly. Listen, I love you with the love of God, but I come here for me. <laughs> Because I understand that my measure is here. Because if I come here for you, if you do something to me, I won't come. Do you understand? So we need to move. Things will always go wrong. Things will always move in a way that we don't prefer them to. Because we're humans, we prefer things to happen in a certain way. But we cannot allow those things to move us from being where we need to be. We cannot not be found in the assembly because where we gather is where he suddenly shows up. And you know, you can't even say, I'll come this Sunday. I won't come that Sunday. I'll come maybe on Tuesday because you don't know when the sudden is going to happen. You don't know when the sudden is going to happen. The suddenly might happen on Tuesday at Bible study ABC. Your suddenly might happen at the Thursday prayer because your suddenly is different. 
Your suddenly is when God speaks to your situation in that moment. But if you're not found in the gathering, tough. The disciples were in fear for their lives, but still, they were found in the gathering of the saints. So to receive the upgrade, remember I said I'm giving you keys to receive the upgrade. Be found in the assembly of the saints. Isaiah 65 verse 8 says, Thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one says, excuse me, do not destroy it, for a blessing is in it. So will I do for my servant's sake, and I will not destroy them all. So <laughs> the new wine is found in a cluster of grapes. One grape cannot fill the bottle of wine. It is only in a cluster where you receive the full measure. You're not, are you getting it? Remember, also, remember when we talk about wine, we're speaking about the word. We're speaking about anointing. We're speaking about revelation. So it is found in the cluster. It's found in the cluster. It's so important to be in the cluster. I'm just, the Holy Spirit is just bringing unto my remembrance. I think it's a proverb where he says, where there is, where there is no prophetic revelation, where there is no knowledge or understanding of God, people cast off restraints. When we are not in a space where we receive prophetic revelation, when we are not in the cluster receiving prophetic revelation and understanding and knowledge and wisdom of who God is, you cast off restraints. To cast off restraints means that you have no discipline. You're just moving, Jay. There's no direction because you're not in the place where direction is given. In as much as we receive this measure in our individual spaces, we receive grace, we receive anointing as individuals, but we need to understand that the blessing is commanded in its fullness in the assembly. Then in the same verse 19, Jesus says, peace be with you. And that one was a good one. Because peace be with you in this time for these disciples meant that I know that you're anxious. I know that you're filled with anxiety. I know that there's fear. I know that you're scared. But I am declaring peace upon you. I know that you've lost people during COVID. I know that you yourself were afflicted by COVID-19. You're scared. You're at home. You're locked behind closed doors. But come to me because now I'm declaring peace be with you. He comes in their hiding place and he declares peace over them. Where the devil over the past two years has used COVID. He's used it to riddle the church with depression. Do you know how many Christians are bound by depression, by anxiety, by just fear and panic attacks? Is it that are not for us? Things that are not our portion. But he's used them to hold us down. But in this moment, God says, peace be upon you. That's a declaration. He wasn't asking them, do you want peace? He wasn't suggesting, should I give you peace? He said, peace be upon you. Peace rest on you. As you are riddled with anxiety and fear, uncertain of what the future holds, receive this peace. 
another key to this upgrade is receiving peace. Receiving peace. Because we can't walk with worry. I'm not saying you're not going to be worried. No. Even God, he made, he made provisions that for the fact that we worry. And he says, I know you're going to be anxious, but don't be anxious for anything. Instead, in all things, through prayer and supplication, give it to me. Because he knows that we will have times where we are anxious. But he says, don't succumb to that anxiety. Cast all your burdens unto me, for I care. So, as we move into this year, as we upgrade, as we level up, we need to receive peace. Because things are going to happen. Challenges are going to come. People are going to do things to you. Things are going to happen regardless of whether or not you are living circumspectly. But you need to be beyond the offense. You need to be beyond the anxiety. You need to see and move, transcend the circumstance. Transcend your feelings and receive the peace. Right? Right now, the peace that the devil took, the peace that the devil robbed people of, God is restoring. As we move into this year, we are moving in a restored peace. We are moving in a peace that surpasses all understanding. When Isaiah says that, God, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. You see, even there, there's a requirement for, this, for the reception of this peace. This peace, as much as it's declared, you have a job. You have an obligation to keep your mind on him. You're going to work for this upgrade. You need to desire this upgrade for it to be given to you. God is restoring our peace back to us. We, can, we will no longer move in anxiety. We will no longer be riddled by fear of what might happen. We will do whatever God has called us to do in this season without fear. Not fear of failing, not fear of not knowing if it's going to work. We're going to move. Number two. Verse 20 says, of chapter 20 as well. As he spoke, he showed them. (laughs) As he spoke, he showed them the wounds on his hands. Another version will say that he also showed them. I think the other gospels will say he showed the wounds on his hands and his feet and his side. Right? And I I was investigating. I'm like, God, why? Why did you show them? I mean, they can see you. You're there. They can see. But it says, as he spoke, he spoke and he said, I'm imagining, he said, can you see? It's really me. And I said, why? And he says, because I needed to convince them. I needed to convince them. And I said, okay, what does that have to do with anything? And to receive this upgrade, God says to me, you need to be convinced of who I am. To receive this upgrade, to receive a greater grace, to be able to move now in this season with the fullness of God's power over your life, you need to be convinced without a shadow of doubt of who God is and who he is in you and who he's called you to be. He spoke to them and he showed them to completely convince them of his resurrection. Remember, he told Mary initially, go tell them. So they had heard a word. So they were aware that he has resurrected. But now he came to fully convince. You hear a word and God confirms. 
to fully convince you. He doesn't have to. But because he understands how our minds work, he knows that he needs to convince us. But look at this. For what he, remember, after his death, he was, if you read Matthew, the last, it's Matthew 29, 18, where he says, go then ye forth. This is after everything has happened. So before God was going to commission them, he had to fully convince them of who he is because what they were going to do and what he was sending them to do required them to be fully convinced of who he is. Similarly to us, Mazalan. Similarly to us as a church, as we move in this new year, there are things that God is calling us into. There are things that God is going to catapult us into, but you cannot go into those things unless you are fully convinced of who God is because the challenges of those things are going to make you question yourself. But if you question yourself, you cannot question God. No, we can question ourselves because we're human. We're fallible. We get tired. Ah, can I do it? Can I do it? But in the midst of that, we cannot be doubting who God is. To move in this upgrade, to receive this upgrade, we need to be fully convinced. And Jesus appearing in the same way that he was when they last saw him. Because remember, he didn't appear to them in a glorified body. A glorified body wouldn't have had the wounds. Right? Because there's complete healing there. That's a perfect state. But he comes to them in the same state that they saw him in last to fully prove this is who I am. I am the same one who was on the cross being crucified. And what I said to you that I will resurrect in three days, that I will tear down the temple and build it back up, I meant it. So they could have no doubt. We, in this generation, in this time, have not gotten the opportunity to see the wounds. We are aware of them. But during this past couple of, this past season, we may not have seen physically God, but we have experienced him in our lives. Many were afflicted by COVID-19, but we knew that by those very heat, that by those very wounds that he showed them, we were healed. We may not have seen them physically, but we experienced their power. Right? There are many ways, each and every one of us as individuals, relatively, where we have experienced God, where God has convinced you of who he is in your life. And if anything, we each should have a track record of God's goodness in our lives so that as he pushes us into the newness of this year, as he upgrades us, we are fully convinced of who he is. Right? I know for me personally, he has a proven track record. And even when I, when I, when I get scared and uncertain and I don't know what's happening, how, I reflect on who he has been. Because that, that God has never failed. So there's no way he's about to start now. Right? So as we step into this year, we cannot be double-minded. We cannot be double-minded as a church. We can't. Remember, last year was our 12th year. So we're standing here as a, as a 12-year-old 12, congregation. And that is even when Jesus was told, you know, when he went into the temple. And it says that he had grown in stature. And he had grown in wisdom. And he knew the things of God. So at this point, Bazalwane, there's no room for doubt. There's no room for, did you really say that? Was that, am I, hear, am I really hearing God? I mean, if you're a new convert, we completely understand. That's perfectly fine. But we're talking about mature Christians now. We're talking about sons. 
sons cannot still be doubting who their father is. And if there is room for doubt, you need to question your position, not his. It says that they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Once he proved himself and he convinced them, they were filled with joy. The track record of God over your life, though you're faced by uncertainty and fear and all of these things, it should inspire joy in you. Knowing who he's been and what he's done in the midst of your circumstance should inspire joy in you. First Peter tells us that though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. We may not physically have seen God like the disciples did, but I mean, in my 24 years of life, I can pinpoint where I have seen the hand of God in my life and those moments bring me an inexpressible joy because I know that he who started a good work will not stop. He will continue until the day of Christ Jesus. Third one, third one, as we wrap it up, as we receive this upgrade, you need to understand your calling. You need to understand your calling. In verse 21, it says, again, he said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, so I'm sending you. You see, here, he's specifying their calling. He says, I'm sending you. There's a commission over your life. There's work. There's an assignment. There's a mission for you. Why? Because God, I think he, no, he understands us because he made us. But God knows that if he doesn't specify what we need to do, we'll do everything else and not what we're supposed to do. So he comes to them and he specifies that as I was sent and you have seen everything I did, you walked with me for three years the same way that my father sent me, I am now sending you to operate in the exact way that I operated. When you understand your calling, when you understand your assignment, you're able to live in accordance to that. You're able to walk and live in a manner that is worthy of that calling. You see, God cannot blame you if you don't know your calling and you live in ignorance and you do whatever. But when he has specified that this is who you are, this is who I've called you to be, there's a responsibility then. Because I've made you aware of why you were created. And now you're not living in accordance to that. Then there's judgment upon you. So God, he comes to them. Jesus comes to them and he specifies that I'm sending you. You see, the unfortunate thing that we see, I think, in the body of Christ right now is a lot of people who believe God, who are in the church, but don't understand their calling. Because by the way they live, you see that there's no understanding of who I am and who I've been called to be. We do things that are unbecoming of people called by God. We live in ways that are unbecoming. We say we do. We are in places and spaces that are unbecoming of people who are called by God as if we don't know that we're called. I was, I was thinking about, I think, I'm not sure if it's in Hebrews where Apostle Paul says that like, a, like you need to run this race, you know, in, in, in a way with endurance and well, but you need to take away and shed and remove all things that will hinder you from running this race properly. He also goes on to say that like an athlete, you need to, you need to train. 
You need to make sure that you are in a right space to do this thing. If your job is to be an athlete, you must do all things that an athlete needs to do to be successful. If you work in the, in the church, you are called by God to be something specific. You do everything necessary for you to be able to run in that lane successfully. But we're not doing that. God has called us. He's placed us. Because then he calls you and then he places you where you need to operate. But we're not operating as though we have no understanding. So we need to know that as we receive this upgrade, or if we want to receive this upgrade, we need to understand the calling that is on our lives. Because there's a specific measure that's going to be given. Remember, anointing is specific to what you're going to do. Yeah. Anointing is a grace given to you to operate in the specific gifting or the specific thing that God has called you to do. But if you don't understand what you're supposed to do, then why would we... Why? Why? Why must God give you a greater measure of anointing to operate in something that you're not operating in? So understand. And if you don't know, seek. He says, if you need wisdom, ask me. I give liberally without reproach. So we need to go and inquire of the calling so that we may receive this upgrade. But one thing we need to understand is that the assignment and the calling on our lives requires something from us. Your calling will always require you to sacrifice your comfort. And that is something we need to hop on because people are very comfortable because of the past two years. But the new season is going to require us to be proactive and to move into the things of God. We need to get rid of this mindset that we, we, we can't be inconvenienced. It's, it's, God doesn't care about your feelings. Your feelings are immaterial to God. How you feel about things is immaterial. You need to fix your feelings and move in, what, in the fact. If we say the fact is the word of God, our feelings which often contradict the word of God, we need to fix those. Amen. Right? So as we move into this new year, Bazalwani, we need, we need to be in the assembly where Jesus appears suddenly. We need to receive this peace that he has declared over us because many things are going to challenge that peace. But if you've received it and you've stored it in your, listen, store it in your heart because the devil will challenge, he will try to steal your peace because that is his job. He's come to steal, kill, and to destroy. He can do nothing else. It is your responsibility to keep that peace. And then the second thing that I mentioned was that we need to be convinced we need to be convinced. We can stand here and preach the word of God, but if you need to be convinced and convicted, we can't force it on you. God cannot, you need to be convicted and convinced by who God is. And lastly, you need to understand your calling. As we step into this upgrade, as we step into the newness, because I believe that God is about to do big things. God is about to shake things up, but he's not gonna be doing big things in you or through you if you're not positioned to receive them. And it'd be very sad that one receives the big things, two, and not everyone. But that's exactly how it will, it will turn out if you don't do what you need to do. And as I wrap it up, we know that verse 22 says, then, only then, only then, when they were assembled, when he appeared in their assembly, when they received the peace, when they were convinced of him, when they understood and had joy because of who he is, and they understood now their calling, only then 
did God breathe on them and say receive a new receive this Holy Spirit once we have come to the position once we have come to the right place and we've internalized and done these things we will receive a new breath we will receive an upgrade of the Holy Spirit God will breathe and deposit a greater measure of grace than which we had previously so that we can operate in this new season may you receive this word may it encourage you and I hope that it also moves you into action so that you can receive this upgrade. Amen. Thank you.